I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family style homeschooling. Hi, this is Michelle from Layers of Learning. And this is Karen, her sister. Hi, sister. (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) Good. So today we're going to talk about the Layers of Learning books and specifically about the sidebars in the books and how you use those. In a way, this is hard for us because when you're the one who wrote the curriculum, you don't necessarily realize what other people aren't going to understand because in your head it all makes sense. You know what I mean? We've had a lot of people, though, ask us questions and we've realized, oh, maybe we should explain that a little bit better. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to explain the sidebars, talk about each type of sidebar and the way that we use them and then explain to you that the way we use it isn't necessarily the way you have to. That's one of the the great and the difficult things about layers of learning is that you get to use it the way you want to. So there aren't a lot of hard and fast rules. Yeah, you get to put yourself into it and see how it works for you and your family. And we encourage you to do that. But sometimes it's helpful to see how other people are doing it. And so Michelle and I are going to just talk about some ways that we use the sidebars that work really well for us. Every single Layers of Learning unit book has sidebars on all of the normal unit pages up until you get to the printable section, of course. And those sidebars are intended to provide you with a little bit more wiggle room in your homeschool. It's a little bit more inspiration for other things that you can do that go along with the topic that maybe not every single one is going to have a big project for or be really time intensive in your homeschool. There are a lot of little things that you can explore or add a layer to as you're learning that can help enrich what you're learning about in your homeschool in all of those subjects, history, geography, science, and art. So we just suggest a lot of small ways to incorporate extra little bits into your homeschool. The whole reason that we put sidebars in there was so that you would have inspiration to take off on tangents so that you would not feel chained to just the projects that are in the books. We wanted it to be a lot more expansive than that. I like to think of each unit book as kind of a grand outline. You know, when you take an outline when you're writing and then when you write the paper, you add even more into it and it becomes fuller and and more fleshed out. That's what your homeschool gets to be with layers of learning. We're giving you an outline. It's a good sized outline, each unit book, but we're giving you an outline and then you get to make it grander within your homeschool as you explore in the ways that interest you and your family. And if two different people are given the exact same bare bones outline, their finished product is going to look so different. And and your homeschool and the way that you use the book and the things that you specifically learn about may look very, very different from the way that I use it and the specific things that I'm learning about in my homeschool with my kids. And so we're going to show you how those sidebars can help you flesh out your own personal learning and make your homeschool into exactly what you want it to be. One of the sidebars that you'll encounter as you're reading through the unit booklets are teaching tips. And teaching tips are basically advice from Michelle and I. You can take them or leave them. We're not going to be hurt if you don't. But there are things that we've learned along our path as homeschool moms that we love to share with other people. As we've developed this hands-on homeschool style, there are definite bits and pieces that have been helpful to us. And teaching tips are just our way of sharing those with you. There actually aren't a ton of these in the units. They only appear 
here and there where we have something that we really feel we want to share. But there's one in unit 317, so that's year three. And this unit is about um, reactions, chemical reactions. And the teaching tip says, food works every time. Make some non-reversible cake or brownies as a yummy introduction to this unit. So this unit is talking about reversible reactions and non-reversible reactions. And if you make brownies together with your kids, that's a concrete way to show them this is a non-reversible reaction. So our point is that the food will get them interested. It's the hook for the lesson. So that's really the teaching tip. We could have absolutely done an exploration that was making brownies, but we want you to take that and understand that food applied in your homeschool can go a long way. It can be applied to lots of things and your kids will be excited about it. Is there ever a time when you've just incorporated food when your kids were otherwise not paying attention or not invested in something? Yeah, especially if it's this topic that I'm not sure they're going to be that interested in. A lot of times we'll do that for country studies. It's really fun to eat the food from a certain country because it sort of immerses you in that culture just a tiny bit. A new experience. A new experience. And it's usually the food is very different from what my kids are normally used to. And they may or may not like it very much, but it gets their attention. And they're willing to try, usually. Yeah. My kids are willing to try when we make something and say, oh, this is from... Especially know, if they're part of the food-making process. You're not just presenting it to them, but you're doing it together. Yeah, so that teaching tip is not just isolated to reactions. That teaching tip is to let you know, oh, this is something that you can do in many realms. You can apply this lots of times. And so that's what teaching tips are for. And they are specifically for the parent who is teaching. I've never, ever read a teaching tip from the unit out loud to my kids. Okay, the next kind of sidebar that we include are called famous folks. And we include these because there are people in every sphere of human learning that have made big impacts in the world. And we want you and your children to be aware that these people exist. So we're kind of bringing them to your attention. And if you learn about a person who made a difference in the world, who wrote something, who said something, who did something, who explored something, that can really make that topic so much more impactful. Your child will remember it because they remember the person. They remember the story of the person who discovered it or painted it or wrote it. And here's one from unit four, seven. This topic is about plate tectonics. So it's, it's also a science topic. It says the geophysicist who finally put the whole theory of plate tectonics together was Canadian John Tuzo Wilson. He first described and named transform faults like the San Andreas and hotspots like the one under Hawaii. The whole concept of seabed expansion and contraction, the moving seafloor, is called the Wilson cycle after him. So they're going to remember the name the Wilson cycle when they've learned a little bit about him. I think one of the most impactful things that we've done in our homeschool is read a lot of biographies. When my kids read a biography or when we do that as a read aloud together, they love the stories of people's lives. So these famous folks sidebars are introducing you to some of the people so that you can learn a little bit more about them. And you might learn about them through a biography that you read or through even just a Wikipedia article. Or For a lot of people, there are going to be short mini biographies on YouTube or, or longer documentaries about some of the more important people. But if you want to, you can just simply read the sidebars while they're working on another project as well, just to give them a tiny snippet. But then if you want to explore more, if it sparks your interest, 
you can take off on that and learn much more about that person. Right. And if you're reading a book on plate tectonics, I've read a lot of books on plate tectonics. Most of them don't even include his name, John Tuzo Wilson. You don't read about him. You you would never know he existed. So, so, we, so we found these people. Yeah, we include them we so include that them. you can know they existed and learn who contributed to the knowledge that we now get to enjoy. We specifically have searched out people. We've made it a point to find the people who were impactful. You'll find famous folks throughout these books in history, geography, science, and art. There are people who have contributed to this body of knowledge, and we are acknowledging those people so that you can appreciate where the knowledge came from, too, and learn a little bit more about them and their contribution. Okay, the next sidebar, the type of sidebar that we have is called a memorization station. It rhymes. That's why we named it that. We love memorization stations. Yes. So so those are just things that we feel are worthwhile to memorize. Most knowledge you really don't need to memorize. You can look it up if you forget. We just get excited about knowledge and learning in general. But some things are fun to commit to memory or are just good to commit to memory. And it's good exercise of your mind to also memorize things on occasion. So these are here so that as a homeschool mom, you can be alerted to when there's something that's worth memorizing and you can put that into your plan for your homeschool. Or as you're reading through a unit, you may come across it and go, oh yeah, we should memorize that. So also in unit 4-7, this, uh, the history section is about the Civil War. So the memorization station in this section says, learn about the Gettysburg Address and memorize it. So it was really interesting. Just last week, my son and my daughter came home and they had gone to this seminar type thing where they were listening to a speaker. And the speaker quoted the Gettysburg Address without saying what it was from, just quoted it and expected all of the students, all of the kids, it was a group of teenagers who were listening, to recognize it and be able to chime in with the words of the Gettysburg Address. And he was just encountered by blank stares. And my kids came home and said, Mom, no one else in the room except us had even heard the words of the Gettysburg Address. They didn't even know what it was. So now, lest lest you feel bad... (laughs) In case you're not from the United States. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about the, that. The Gettysburg Address is a famous, very short speech given by Abraham Lincoln during the American Civil War. So it's really impactful, and it's almost like a mission statement of the United States. So it used to be that all school children would learn about it, and many of them memorized it. But apparently that's sort of falling by the wayside. Yeah, so my kids loved, though, that they had memorized the Gettysburg Address, and they went on to be able to explain to the other kids who were listening in the seminar what it was and tell a little bit about it, and they felt pretty good about themselves when they could do that, of course, because it was like, yes, homeschool win. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're always happy for those little homeschool wins when their friends go, oh, you do learn something. You don't just stay home. So I I love the memorization stations because I forget, like if I'm learning about the Civil War, I may not remember, oh yeah, we should memorize the Gettysburg Address, but there it is in that unit to just, to remind me, oh, memory work, we should do some of that. Like it's a good mental exercise to do memory work. And there are certain things that you really should just know. And not all of them are memorizing speeches. There could be, you know, memorizing definitions, um, memorizing poems. Even like the diagram of an atom. Like, I don't remember exactly what we've got in all of these units. There are 80 of them. (laughs) Well, and we throw in other 
things sometimes into our memorization stations. Yeah. We don't limit ourselves to this. And this isn't a requirement. I might pass over a memorization station and not choose to do it with my yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. Well, we memorized some passages from Shakespeare, and I don't think that was in the unit book necessarily, but I wanted my kids to know some of it, so we did it. Again, the layers of learning books are not supposed to be limiting. They're supposed to be springboards. It's just supposed to remind you, oh, yeah, I need to do this, or I could do that, and I want to go that direction. Okay, so the next kind of sidebar is deep thoughts. And to tell the truth, there aren't very many of these in the units. But once again, we're working on a second edition. And because we liked the deep thoughts so much, we've decided to focus on expanding those, like adding more of them. So they will be in every unit in just about every topic. So you're going to see a lot more of them once we get to second edition. But they do appear from time to time. And it's it's actually one of our favorite things because a Deep thoughts is intended to spark a discussion with your kids. So here's an example. This is from unit four, six, and it's from the science section as well. And this is about the earth structure, plate tectonics. And there's an exploration here that talks about the two different types of crust, continental crust, and then the crust that is on the ocean floors. And so the sidebar, the deep thoughts says, what if there weren't two different types of crust, but only one. How would Earth be different? And this is a discussion that you could have with all of your kids, and they could come up with ideas. There's not like a right and wrong answer to this. Yeah, we don't know exactly how it would be different, but this is asking them to exercise what they just learned from an exploration and extend it with their own ideas. So that's that's a valuable skill for your kids to learn. It will also help you to have some meaningful discussions just so that they're they're thinking and you know their thoughts. There is nothing more interesting to me than hearing my children's inner thoughts. And you hear those when you ask those kinds of questions. Especially those open-ended questions that don't have a right or wrong answer. So the deep thoughts usually don't have a right or wrong answer. That's why we call them deep thoughts. So your kids aren't going to be wrong no matter what they answer. You're just getting their ideas and their thoughts. And you can contribute your own too. But first, listen to theirs. And whenever you have one of these discussions, you need to keep it very positive. Like, no, you're wrong. You don't want to do that. Like, oh, no, that wouldn't work. You want it to keep like, oh, yeah, but what if have more of that kind of a, a tone when you're having deep thoughts discussions so that everybody's ideas are valued? Again, no right and wrong answers. When we wrote the questions, we didn't have an answer in our minds. We just thought, hey, what if this, or what's something that could spark a discussion about this topic? And we made a question about it so that you could have some ideas. And once you've practiced some of these, you should be able to come up with your own. Often my own deep thoughts questions are spurred from something that we read. When we read about a famous person, for example, I often ask my kids, oh, what would you do if you were in that situation? You know, you can ask a deep thought question any time you can think of it. And that's just a discussion spur in your homeschool. Okay, the next sidebar type is writer's workshop. And in the second edition, we're actually expanding these two. We're adding a lot more because we have felt like they're so valuable and we don't use them enough. Basically, it's just a writing prompt. Writer's workshop is a writing prompt to give you something that your kids can write about. There are all sorts of things. We have things from biographies, to stories that your kids make up, to poems, to reports. Some of them are very creative, like you'll do paper projects with them. Um, 
Do you have an example, Karen? So in unit 114, the geography topic is about Africa, and then the arts topic that accompanies it is about African tales. So you'll see a writer's workshop within the Africa geography section that says, use the printable continent research form from the printables page at Layers of Learning to begin a report on Africa. So that's a very straightforward essay type. You know, it's a report. Then if you flip back to the African tales section, it includes a lot of information in the explorations about the specific components of African tales like the fact that there are a lot of animals within them. The characters are usually animals. But then the writer's workshop sidebar says, write your own animal folktale with a moral. So it took two components that they learned about, morals and animal characters, and they are then expected to write their own story. And that's a writer's workshop sidebar. So these are things that you can assign to your children. And the writer's workshop sidebars just give you kind of a some ideas they just spark ideas and again you do not have to use them you don't have to use any of them you can use some of them you can use them once in a while you can use them as inspiration for coming up with your own writing projects we do encourage you to come up with a writing assignment for every subject of every unit. So you do a writing assignment for history and one for geography and one for science and one for art they don't have to be long. I mean, we it could be a caption, it could be a uh, poem, it can be short things. But some here and there you want something a little longer. And the writer's workshop sidebars just give you lots of varied ideas so that you aren't having to come up with things on your own or you're not doing the same boring narration pages every single time. So one of the things that I'm asked about a lot because I talk about writer's workshop a lot since we do that style in our homeschool. People often ask me, if you do one of those writer's workshop sidebars, is that then your writing for the day? Or do you make your kids write something during writing class and then also do writer's workshop for layers of learning? And I'm going to say that's completely up to you. I have a daughter who loves to write. And if I asked her to write every single subject all day long, she would be like, yes, I get to write again. Most kids aren't like that. I would say that for most kids and most families, if you do writer's workshop assignments for your layers of learning, that is writing. It doesn't need to be done twice each day. I don't compartmentalize the subjects quite like that. As long as we're learning, writing is part of the process of learning. So you are simultaneously learning to write and using writing to learn. If you can say today, instead of working on your normal writer's workshop assignment, we're going to use our geography time to write, and you get to write a report on Africa. Double that up and make it a little easier on yourself and on your kids. They're still getting all the same information. They're learning to write, and they're learning about Africa all in one shot. So if you can combine that, why not combine it? Another sidebar box that you'll come across is the fabulous fact sidebar. And these are not the drawn out deep thoughts discussions or the more extensive writer's workshop writing assignments. Fabulous facts are meant to be quick. So here's one from uh, unit 47 as well, and this is from the art. This art unit is about post-impressionism. So the fabulous fact says, the art of the post-impressionist was almost exclusively created in France. Even Van Gogh, the Dutch painter, lived, painted, and died in France. 
So they're just supposed to be quick facts. And I like to read these to my kids. For example, they might be painting in an impasto style like Van Gogh's uh, sunflowers. Should I say Van Gogh? <laughs> People say that. <laughs> and I realize that's probably how sort of it sounds. <laughs> I'm going to stay with Van Gogh. <laughs> I went to his museum and even the museum guides didn't say that. <laughs> okay, then we'll officially decide it's Van Gogh. So so they may be painting in the sunflower style that Van Gogh did. And while they're painting, you can be reading some of these facts to them out of the sidebars. And if something does spark your interest, you know, maybe you want to say, oh, I'm going to prove that wrong. Let's find a post-impressionist who didn't live or work in France. Then, or maybe then you, you can take that as a challenge. Or maybe you want to say, hey, who can find France on the map? You know. Yeah, yeah. So you can expand those fabulous facts if you want to. But they're really intended to be just short little brief things. And they are typically done in our homeschool while the kids are working on a project. I'm sitting there with the unit book and reading them a few little extra tidbits just for fun. I also sit there with our other books that we've gotten from the library and read little facts out of those. Just like I don't read the Layers of Learning unit books to my kids cover to cover, we don't read every single library book cover to cover either. Very often they're sitting out on the table during our projects and I'm reading them little bits and pieces. You might grab a caption off a picture or find a page that's really interesting. Right. Or something that's really applicable to what we're working on right then in our project. Okay, the final type of sidebar that we're going to talk about is the additional layers. And these are the ones that are more than any of the others, especially intended to take you off on a tangent, to help you add more depth and define the direction that you're going to go in your homeschool. These are places that are going to take you somewhere different than maybe my homeschool will go. In Unit 2.9, the art section is about religious art. And there are several explorations about what the components are of religious art. Then there's an additional layer sidebar that says there is Islamic art out there, but it's not religious in the same way that Christian art is. Muslims believe that depicting the human form is idolatrous. So their art consists of geometric shapes and repeating patterns. So if I read this additional layer, instantly I feel motivated to say to my kids, hey, let's go online and see if we can find some Islamic art. And I want you to spot some geometric shapes within it. So we're going to go and look for some. The additional layer concept is that it really is an extra layer to your learning. You're going to go and find out more. You're going to go and search it out on your own beyond what's in the unit book, beyond what you already knew. You're going to discover something new. That's the additional so, layer. So often the additional layers will actually have a direction at the bottom telling you to go do something, or they may have a question, a specific question asking you to find out something. Um, they don't always, but often they're phrased that way so that you have a specific place that you're going to go or a specific thing that you're going to search for. But we don't give you the answers. We don't tell you what books to look in. At this point, you're on your own and you're making up your own lessons and you're doing it in an organic free way. You don't have to sit there and write down what books you're going to read or what projects you're going to do. You're just learning it with your children in real time. I feel like layers of learning would have been really, really difficult to implement before the internet. Because we use the internet as a research tool very, very often as a family in our homeschool. A lot of people have expressed the concern that they don't want their kids to just be online. 
Well, I hook my laptop up to our big TV screen with an HDMI cord, and when we search for things online, it's usually me that's entering the search terms in, and then they are seeing what's on the screen, and I can be more discerning about exactly what we land on. On occasion, I do send my kids off to research on their own, and we do have website filters and you know, a pretty good security system in place so that they hopefully don't land on anything. It's not a guarantee. I've also taught my kids what to do if something pops up on their screen that's not appropriate. There is some risk to being online. But there is also a huge payoff for teaching your kids to research well. Because researching is a core part of learning. In Unit uh, 2, 2, this is about weather and specifically about forecasting. And we have an exploration that talks about the pressure systems and the prevailing winds across the globe. But one thing we didn't go into in detail in any of the explorations is the Coriolis effect. So instead we have a sidebar. It's an additional layer that says high pressure moves clockwise in the northern hemisphere and counterclockwise in the southern because of the Coriolis effect. Find out more. So we didn't present an exploration that details the Coriolis effect, but we do give you the idea there. Oh, this is something that maybe would be interesting to learn more about. If you never learned about the Coriolis effect, it'd be fine. But here's somewhere else that you can go to learn more in depth. And it is interesting. It's fascinating. And hopefully when you read that, you think, oh my gosh, I can't believe that there are circular movements of air that happen all the time on the globe in the same places. Why? I mean, that should be interesting. A lot of times when I come across an additional layer like that, that's something where I can say, well, my little ones, that's probably a little too advanced for, but my high schoolers who are studying this science that would be a great topic to send them off on. I would love for them to make an illustrated note sheet about the Coriolis effect and tell us about it. So that's the kind of thing that you can either do as a family where you can go and search out an additional layer, or you can just assign one kid to it or any of the kids who are older or whoever it applies to. You can send someone off on an additional layer. You could also have each child doing their own additional layer and then come back and teach each other. And there's a lot of ways that you could use this. In Unit 114, the science section is about bonding. And the experiment that is outlined on this page is a crystal growing one where the kids get to grow their own crystals. And we did this and we had the jars sitting out on the counter. And of course, it takes overnight for the crystals to grow. But we watched for a little while, and while the kids were working on this project and observing their crystals growing, I read to them a few of our books about crystals, and then I also read them this additional layer that's on the same page in the unit book. And the additional layer describes that many precious gems like diamonds, rubies, sapphires, and emeralds are crystals that are considered very valuable. And then it goes on to talk about how we can create crystals like that in laboratories and how that's somewhat changed the value of them, but that they're still valuable. Well, my kids were really fascinated by that, and they started asking me questions about the precious gems because they didn't realize that they could be manufactured in a laboratory, and they didn't even realize that they were crystals. They thought that the gemstones were separate from that. And so we started talking about that and exploring a little bit more in our books. And then one of my kids said, wait, do we have any emeralds in our rock kit? And so we went and looked, and we didn't have any emeralds, but I went online, and I was able to find some emeralds, and we put them in our rock tumbler, and tumbled the emeralds until they shone, just like the emeralds that you see in rings and jewelry and things. 
And this one little additional layer actually became a whole extended study for my kids about emeralds, which we started out at crystals and then it just tumbled into all these other subjects. So, so just because there's not an exploration, a hands-on project about something specific like emeralds in the unit books, that doesn't mean you can't use these jump off points, these additional layers and the other sidebars to create those. You can branch out and create your own interesting learning based on the sidebars and the things that you learn. That's why we have the sidebars, really. We wanted people to use these books to take off on their own. Exactly. And in that case, I hadn't planned it at all. I hadn't even thought of it. I didn't even read the additional layer until we were sitting there with the crystal experiment. And I thought, oh, I'll read this additional layer. And very kid-led, we ended up rock-tumbling emeralds. You'll come across lots of kinds of sidebars within the layers of learning books. Most of them are the ones that we described. We've got the teaching tips, famous folks, memorization station, deep thoughts, writer's workshop, fabulous facts, and the additional layers. You'll also come across a few others that are just related to what you see within the explorations on the accompanying pages. Every single one of them is just intended to be a little help for you. They are supposed to spark your interest. Hopefully they'll make you want to read more and find out more, let you take off on new directions and make this whole curriculum really organic and something that fits the interests of your family and your kids. And we hope that that helps you understand a little bit more about how the layers of learning books are organized and why we have the sidebars in there and have a lot of fun just exploring and learning with your kids. So thanks for joining us today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and leave reviews. Help other people find the Layers of Learning podcast because we just want to share the things that we've learned over the years. And hopefully this series of podcasts will help people to make their homeschools a little bit better. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Come and visit us at layersoflearning.com and on our Facebook group. Make sure to tune in next month for our new podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! learning.